Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and we often talk about a very complicated puzzle of healthcare and health IT and how each one of us holds a piece to understanding it and then sharing that knowledge. So I'm excited to bring on a new guest today, Dallas Barnes. And Dallas, I'm hoping you can take a minute or two to introduce yourselves to our listeners and get an idea of the kind of the piece of the health IT puzzle that you hold on to. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Dallas, as you mentioned, and I am the founder and CEO of a digital health company called Rea Health. We have a platform for personalized contraceptive counseling. So really what this means is helping people with ovaries navigate birth control, everything from matching them to the right birth control option for them, helping them track and monitor any side effects or symptoms or changes really that they might experience or really their overall use with the birth control option, hormonal and non-hormonal, and enabling them with personalized tools, resources, information, and support so that they can feel confident and comfortable with their birth control journey. This all really stemmed from my own experience with birth control and reproductive health and not being able to find a path and find what supported me and my body in ways that I enjoyed and that I felt empowered by. And so we now have a a system and a process that uses smart algorithms, evidence-based science, and human-centered design to enable individuals in this journey. Well, would you mind talking a little bit about your journey and some of the issues that you had? I mean, what came up for you? So much. (laughs) I kind of began my journey, like most people, I would say a lot of us anyway, start on birth control or start paying a little bit more attention to our reproductive health in high school or early in early in adulthood. I first went on birth control when I was starting a new relationship. I was like 16 or 17 or something. And like, I knew, oh, you know, starting to be sexually active. I uh, birth control. That's something that people do. And I knew that there were condoms and the pill. And that was about it. And I went to my family doctor who also saw my dad and was very uncomfortable going into that visit. And I kind of wanted to get in and out of there as quickly as possible. And so 
I had left very soon, uh, soon after entering the doctor's office with a pill pack and a new prescription that, you know, I can't remember what the name of it was because it was just kind of handed to me. And then began my long, long, arduous journey with birth control. So I soon started to feel different. And unlike myself, I then started trying different options, um, experiencing all different types of side effects. This then went into university when I was studying, and I was on one method in particular, different from any pill options at this point, but my body just started reacting so adversely. I was experiencing chronic ovarian cysts, chronic UTIs, often had different bacterial infections going on, and I was just living in constant pain and discomfort. And physicians were like, no, it's not your birth control. Your body's just changing hormonally. And I'm like, I get that. I know that that's like a thing, but also no, like I wasn't getting the answers that I wanted. I wasn't getting the information or support that I wanted with these cysts that I was having and experiencing. I actually started to meet with different specialists and I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. And I was often dismissed and, you know, told that it's either, it's just normal, your body's changing, you know, take some Advil. And I actually started missing a lot of school, a lot of my university courses. So a walk-in doctor actually gave me a doctor's note that excused me from my classes for an extended period of time if the pain was too debilitating that I couldn't get out of bed. One time, a cyst was so debilitating that I was admitted to the hospital And that was the last straw for me. I was like, this is insane. It should not be this difficult to, you know, find a birth control option that I like, and it shouldn't cause so much discomfort. I am a strong believer that birth control is healthcare, of course, but healthcare should not make somebody feel uncomfortable. It should be empowering and setting somebody up for success. And we should find trust and solace in our health. And I just wasn't. And so I ended up taking matters into my own hands and tried to learn all that I could about birth control, the female body, you know, my body, and how those two could work well together. Again, hormonal and non-hormonal, I really wasn't, I wanted to understand all options that were available to me. Through that experience, I ended up finding an option that I thought could work really well, and I loved it. I went and asked my doctor, wrote, got a prescription for it, you know, pretty easy as that, <laughs> and That was one of the best options that I've ever used. And that experience in itself was so liberating. And I started sharing little tidbits with my friends and my family and like, oh, you're thinking about birth control? Well, ask your doctor this or, you know, ask yourself these questions or think about this before you decide on a method. And people were loving it. They're like, oh my God, I've never thought about that before. (laughs) And around the same time, actually, COVID happened. This was just the beginning of 2020. And I was out of a job, you know, we were doing in-person training and remote communities, and it was just too dangerous for us to continue doing that. And so I was kind of sitting there at home in my apartment wondering, okay, what, how am I going to spend my time? (laughs) And so I started playing around with this idea that I knew was such a large problem. And it was a problem that was growing and was already always there. And I felt, you know, if I can make an incremental difference in people's experience and just understanding 
birth control and options available, then that can be, you know, life-changing for some people. And it started off just as me doing some market research and then went into this like crazy idea and then narrowed down and then now it's another crazy idea, but it evolved from that. And now we have a team of 11 people working together on this issue and we are serving real people, creating change and impact in people's lives. And I couldn't be happier or more proud of our team and where we've come in the past almost two years, actually, our anniversary is coming up at the end of the month, which I'm super excited about. I got to keep, I got to remember, I'll have a little party. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've done a lot in a short amount of time. So I have several questions and maybe we can do speed round. Like, okay, what was your major in university? What were you studying? Business, actually. So I have a Bachelor of Commerce, went to UBC in Vancouver. Okay. And how many different types of birth control did you actually cycle through or try before you landed on the one that, you know, really made the difference for you? Six. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And what was the sixth one? What, if you don't mind my asking, what was the one? Yeah. So the one that I was like, okay, I love this one. The one that I found was actually um, a triphasic pill method that was low dose, but the hormonal dose changed every week so that the intention is that it more closely replicates the natural hormonal fluctuations in someone's menstrual cycle. And I really liked that idea and I liked the low dose that it was. So that option was really great for me for a while. I am now using fertility awareness method, which I also really like. So I'm happy that I have, you know, I have a go-to pill and now I'm a go-to non-hormonal option as well. And then what are the questions that you tell people to ask their doctor? Oh, this is a big (laughs) question. So much. So actually in our platform, if you're referring to physicians specifically in that conversation, We actually support our members on our platform in how to have a focused conversation with their healthcare professional because those meetings can be really intimidating. And oftentimes we, you know, kind of choke up or we forget or we just don't know the questions to ask. And we leave oftentimes feeling more confused than when we went in there or just not supported or just did not get the care that we were hoping for. And so oftentimes we do... I would say across the board, be prepared and come with a list, you know, write down your questions, write down different thoughts, different methods you want to learn a little bit more about. You might not even have the specific questions that you yourself want to ask because, you know, what is important to you is what's important to you. You know, it's not, it might not be what is important to me. So we in our platform help individuals frame these conversations around what our system knows about them. And so they would really have to recurate that conversation based on their entire journey with the platform thus far and what we know about them, their lifestyle, their preferences, their hormonal profile, medical history, past experience with birth control. This is what our system takes to match them to the best birth control option for them, but also help them curate a path going forward and a personalized birth control plan. Okay. So are you guys, and you're from, you're from Canada and the company is based out of Canada. Are you supporting just 
Canada or also people with uteruses in the United States? So at the moment, we're unfortunately just limit, limited to Canada. We are an early stage startup. Limited I mean, capacity. it's been two years. Like that's a lot to take on <laughs> in a short period of time. It's such unfortunate timing and such dire situations with Roe and everything that has been happening in the U.S. And it certainly has pushed me to think about our plans for expansion below the border. It's always been something that, of course, you know, is on our radar as a business. It's just a larger market, larger opportunity for sure. And we want to continue to create impact for people and help people. It certainly had me look at that roadmap a little bit closer and, you know, do we want to speed it up? Do we just, you know, drop everything and jump borders right now? And the answer for us is we want to be deliberate and intentional and mindful about how we do make that make that jump. And so it certainly has forced me to sit down and really understand that process, but we're still looking for strategic and having conversations with strategic partners in, you know, how do we really do that, do that properly? So annoying answer for you, but (laughs) it's a Canada, but we are, we do have plans to move. Yeah. Well, one of the things that really stood out to me about you and your profile is your support and work with indigenous communities. So can you talk to me a little bit about what work you are doing with that population? Yeah. And so this is something that we, is close and dear to my heart, but is something that we are always wanting to do more and learn more about, again, early stage startups who we're trying to balance what we can do and what we want to do. So we have been engaging with the community on really, or various Indigenous communities I can't speak for. They're not, you know, come on. Yeah, it's not just one. It's, there's thousands. <laughs> and we've been interacting with a few in Canada and on more of an educational basis and bringing them into the conversation creating a platform for them to speak about their experience within healthcare. What is Indigenous women's healthcare look like, especially in remote communities? Access to internet and Wi-Fi is certainly limited in communities, but it does make information a little bit more accessible because we have that digital platform. So when they do have access to it, we have web-based versions and we're launching our mobile app. So it creates more of a safe space for somebody to ask questions, learn about their body, get the information that they need. We want to be cognizant of the different barriers and of the different limitations within these communities. So actively working to further understand what those are and where in our process and in what we're doing that we can solve and fill some gaps. We've launched a petition in the past that aims to secure government funding for transportation out of community for various reproductive health care services, along with a support person for the individual that is needing that transportation. So this is a huge problem. Oftentimes in these remote communities, there isn't the personnel trained for various procedures such as IUD insertions or abortions or even birth delivery. And so oftentimes people have to travel out of community to access these services on their own out of pocket. That's crazy (laughs) to me. And so we have been petitioning to secure government funding for that support. 
actually another side plug. <laughs> sure. I'm an advisor for a new organization in Canada called Femtech Canada. And we are filling out our board with diversity and representation at the forefront. So we call ourselves Femtech Canada. So it's you know, a land-wide organization, and we want to be deliberate and intentional in representing all voices in all communities. And right now we are, I guess, recruiting <laughs> or, you know, talking to individuals that can really bring those perspectives to the table. I mean, I'm curious to know what you've learned so far around their specific needs. Sounds like transportation is one, access to, you know, secure internet is another. Are there any others that come to mind? It's funny because I was having a conversation just about this topic last week with an Indigenous friend of mine, and she works a lot in community and in advocacy for Indigenous women's issues. And we were talking about, okay, what are the biggest barriers? What do Indigenous people need in a health context? She was like, just silent for about 30 seconds just thinking (laughs) yeah I'm like okay you know yes this is such a big question such a big question what I have taken away personally is that safety is huge and there is a lack of trust rightly so extremely valid unconsensual sterilization happens people young people people young as 10 years old receiving IUDs instead of being removed from abusive situations. There is a large distrust for the healthcare system from these Indigenous populations. And again, rightfully so. And so oftentimes, people in community won't go to the doctor until they need to be you know, helicoptered out because there's that fear if I go to the doctor, what care am I, am I going to receive? And it's different for somebody like me. You know, I can't imagine being having to think about my life, my safety in that way when going to the doctor. It's just a whole other realm of conversation and lived experience that I do not have that these people are are living on a daily basis. And I think that's a huge piece that is often missed. You know, we often want to come and talk about Indigenous healthcare and, you know, how we can serve all of these different areas and bring them more access and more education, all this stuff. But if we aren't like thinking about just like the very basic, does this person feel safe even engaging in, you know, oh, these are your different types of birth control methods. Like then we're going to, there's no point. (laughs) And I think that's a really big big piece. I think you're spot on. I mean, if there's no trust that they, that one, that they are in a place that they can receive information and trust that it is even accurate or that the person that they're talking to has their best interest in mind or or their long-term health at the forefront as a priority. I mean, you're absolutely right. There's rightfully so they have a lack of trust. So how do we how do organizations rebuild that? That's a big question. I don't expect you to have the answer to, but if, if you have anything, I'd, I'll listen. <laughs> and, you know, I'll let you know when I figure it out. And I think that is the truth of it is that I am still learning. We are still figuring it out. And I think we'll always still be learning. I don't know the right answer. I don't know if, you know, 
anybody really knows, I'm not sure. I think we, there needs to be more collaboration, more conversations that happen and it not be me coming to me as a white woman, as a descendant of settlers to come into community and be like, you know, these are, this is what we're going to do now. (laughs) Yeah. And like have them be on the receiving end, but it sounds like what you're doing with the Femtech Consortium is on the right track. I mean, I really think there's a conversation we've been having at Hit Like a Girl and our, you know, small and extended community around inclusion. Like, what does it mean? Like the whole diversity, equity, inclusion equation like it's important to have a diverse set of team but like ultimately not just having a seat at the table but also having a voice and making sure that you know perspectives are incorporated into decisions that affect everybody and I don't know that that were there yet that seems like an area to to work towards yeah yeah I think that is an interesting perspective I think we or maybe, you know, some organizations, some groups are further along this road than others. But I think the mass is now slowly, and we are slow to this understanding. The mass is recognizing that, okay, yeah, you know, diversity is important. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where the overall population is, which, you know, is annoying, but it's, it is the first step. So I think we are at, at the early lines. And then now we get to move forward in that. And I think just as you say, ultimately it is having these voices and these opinions and these perspectives and actually implementing them. Implementing them, learning, having conversations. Okay, how is this implementation doing? What are the results? What are we seeing is happening? And then let's take that back again and let's analyze that. Let's have more thoughtful conversations and how can we make it better? You know, what did we do wrong? Let's be honest with ourselves and learn and then iterate. And it should be this constant process, all the while having those voices engaged. So with the Femtech Canada organization and and with Rhea, Rhea Health as well, it is all interconnected. I think this is actually a very decolonialized perspective to have in that it's not just the startup. It's not just the organization. When we're talking about creating and affecting change as an ecosystem, we do have to talk and engage with government. We do have to engage with investors, partners, your everyday person, nonprofits, all of these different systems. It is all interconnected, just as our bodily functions are, just as everything is intertwined and has a place and a role. And again, that filters down to the types of people, the types of voices, the types of communities that we have engaged as well. And I think that just opens us up for so many beautiful opportunities and a lot of positive change and positive growth, which I'm so excited for. Of course, you know, we have to take it a day at a time. But with that in mind, we can always work towards that day by day. Well, so what do you, you've done quite a bit 2020 to now. And in a short period of time, you went from like, oh, I have an idea to now you have 11 full-time folks that are working on your project. What do you see for the next couple of years? Our team is actually made up of some full-time, some part-time and some volunteers. And we wouldn't be here without those volunteers. Absolutely so grateful for them. In the next two years, definitely expanding across the border. But I would love, you know, I talked to even my friends and I'm like, what birth control option do you like? Or are you on, oh, 
<laughs> we put out a poll recently, actually probably a few months ago now, I don't know where time goes. Anyway, we put out a poll on our Instagram and just asked, are you better suited for hormonal or non-hormonal options? I forget how we worded it specifically, but it was crazy. It was like 71% of people did not know if they are better suited for hormonal or non-hormonal methods. And people responded, some of my friends, even I was looking at it afterwards, I have, somebody else runs our social media, Lisa, shout out to her, she's fantastic. And some of my friends responded and they're like, I didn't even know there's a difference of hormonal and non-hormonal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I almost like felt bad that I was doing my friends a disservice that like the people closest to me didn't even know this. And I'm like, okay, need to, maybe I'm not doing my job right. But no, I think in the next two years, I would love my pipe dream that people just had more education and understood this. And across the board, we knew what options were available and what options fit our bodies the best. When that happens, I feel like I've done my job, but not only birth control. So our process within Raya Health, as I mentioned at the beginning, utilizes smart algorithms, evidence-based science, and human-centered design. And we want to take that process, those fundamentals, and replicate it and use it in other areas of reproductive health and in areas that are the most stigmatized. So not only birth control, but then working in STIs, and support and information there and support and information that is personalized and puts the individual at the forefront so that they are enabled and empowered going through these situations. Also abortion care, you know, now we will be seeing a lot more remote abortions, which is amazing, but we need support to go alongside that. And this is something that Rhea has the process, has the system, and has a solution to do. So in the next two years, you'll see Rhea not only on the birth control front, but in these other highly stigmatized areas of reproductive health. And that's where we see our like mojo and our niches. So can I ask you a really specific question, which is how does somebody go through Rhea Health? Is it like a test that they actually take? Is it a series of questions, like a questionnaire that they answer? Or what is the engagement level that somebody would anticipate? as a user. Yeah. So when somebody interacts with Raya, so we wanted it to be as approachable and as accessible as possible. So it is a series of questions. So somebody goes through a questionnaire and it gives our system a comprehensive understanding of things like their medical history, their hormonal profile, past experience with birth control, lifestyle, and preferences to then match them to the best birth control option for them. And it explains why. So what in their profile led our system to suggest different options? How do those options work? What should they be prepared for? All in context to them. You know, we can go online and we Google a lot and it's so hard to sift through and understand what's relevant for our own situation. So our process streamlines that. We are working on that access piece. So working with different partners to facilitate birth control access, because right now we have the pre-information and support and then the post-information and support. So when somebody starts using a new birth control option or if they're already using a new option and they just want to figure out, okay, is this option actually working for me or not? They're able to go through our birth control boundary and side effect and symptom 
tracking. So it's almost similar to like a period tracking app, but specific for your birth control experience. And again, providing personalized insights into that journey so that they, at the end of the day, can figure out, you know, do I like this option or not? And is this option a good fit for my body and my life or not? That sounds fantastic. So if somebody wanted to engage with Rhea, how, how would you direct them? Well, and also to find you, how would you direct them? What's, what, how are you most accessible? Yeah, so at the moment, we have a web-based platform. It's still pretty new, so we're still learning, having conversations with our users and iterating on it. But the best way to get started is just going to our website, www.rayahealth.ca. And we have our email on there. We're, our inbox is always open, but our DMs are always open as well. So you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, just at Raya Health. And I'm easy to find through that as well. Awesome. I'm going to find you guys on TikTok and see what you guys do there. (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure to get to know you, Dallas, and everything that you're doing. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Joy. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon.